T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And here we go. There's a man open left side. Caught. It's Touchdown at 10 with Russell and Medhurst. And, of course, Monday morning, 10 o'clock. You know what that means. Our conversation breaking down the National Football League, of course, with Jay Gruden. Jay, Pete, and Chris, make sure um, you smile today, pal. It's a a great day, unless you're the Washington Commanders, who now sit there at 1 and 2. How are you this morning, sir? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing good, Jay. Doing good. Um, Well, I guess we'll start with this. Jay, um... You know, you you you've had some tough first halves. Uh, every coach has them. If you're Scott Turner, Ron Rivera, and you see the first half developing the way it is, where you have zero chance to throw the ball, some of it on Carson, some of it on the offensive line, what are you supposed to do to counter that? Well, that's a great question, especially when you're down a couple touchdowns. That doesn't help any either. Um, you know, they, they tried early in the game to try to, you know, they did a sweep on first down, got 15 yards, and they tried an RPO, got rejected. Uh, then they threw a completion, and on third down, they got sacked. You know, it, it was just different person every time. One time it was a center, one time it was a right guard, one time it was a left tackle, next time it was a right tackle. So it's it's very hard. You know, you say just get the ball out of your hands quicker, but they're clamping down pretty good on the routes. Uh, they got one of the best corners in the league in Darius Slay doing uh, pretty good on Terry for the most part early in the game. And uh, just tough sled. Uh, not a lot they could do, but uh, they just got to play better, protect better. Jay, how tough is that internal battle for the play caller when you start to recognize, hey, some of the things we'd really like to do from a concept standpoint, we may not have a chance to do because my offensive line's not playing well. And I know running's not sexy, but – Jay, they were they were getting four, they were getting seven, they were getting eleven, and they were doing that on first down. How hard is that battle for the offensive coordinator to back off some of the concepts that you'd really like to run because you're watching your team and you don't think they can execute those things, certainly based on the sack numbers Washington was incurring yesterday? Yeah, it's hard. I remember playing in Seattle one year with a bunch of backup offensive linemen, and, and somebody recommended a seven-step drop, a deep shot play. I said, are you effing kidding me? We're, we're, we're about to get killed. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. You know? I re- I re- that was actually one of your best wins, though, during your tenure, that that game, right? If it's the same, <laughs> yeah. if, if it's the same game, I'm th- I mean, you guys were missing like nine starters, and nobody yeah. gave you a chance, and you went out there and won. Yeah, yeah. So, but it does get harder to play caller. Your yeah. your list. You have such a big list going into the game. You got all these plays filled out, and then it gets very small once you figure out that the offensive linemen are having a very tough time with all four of the pass rushers for the Eagles, not just one. Uh, sometimes you get away with one, you can double team them or slide to them or whatever. But it was Brandon Graham. It was it was Fletcher Cox. It was Josh Sweat, uh, Hassan Reddick. You know, so it was uh, one after another after another, and really they had no counter. Washington had no counter. I don't know what the counter would be when you can't block them. All right, take me into the mindset, not on game day and as the game is going on, but on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, Monday afternoon, you, the whole game plan process. When, you know, you're like, hey, if it's 75 and sunny and we pass protect, we can do this and that and this and that. When do you start going, yeah, early in the week, as I'm game planning, I don't know if my offensive line can hold up against that kind of pass rush, even though Gagnon and the Eagles don't blitz a lot. They did blitz on Monday night. They didn't blitz a whole lot yesterday, and they traditionally don't. Like, when do you start altering your game plan based on what you think you might not be able to do, if that makes sense? 
Well, it becomes extremely tough when they're getting home with just four because they can mix and match your coverages and they can play man, they can double team somebody, they can play two deep, they can play three deep, they can play spot drop, they can carry verticals, they can do a lot of different things in the secondary if they're getting home with four and that's what they were doing. They didn't have to blitz. They blitz one time in an empty call, an empty automatic blitz. Uh, but for the most part, early in the game, it was a four-man rush. And, and when it's a four-man rush, it becomes quite frustrating. you got to figure out ways to get on the edge. Uh, you got to figure out ways to run the ball to try to take some pressure off the quarterback. Uh, maybe some max play action calls where you keep everybody in and have a two- or three-man route, try to get the ball down the field. But then you're trying to go against Darius Slay, and, and he's covering the heck out of one of the deep crossers of the post. You know, So it's, it's tough. Um, something they just got to figure out and try to fight through and challenge the offensive line to get better throughout the game and, and try to get some runs and try to get some chunk plays to the running game and uh, see what happens. Jay, you played the position. Does the how the quarterback, is it real that you get a sense of pressure even before the pressure is really there? Because there were a couple of times amongst those nine yesterday where it was five and even six seconds before the Eagles actually got to Wentz, and he still wouldn't unload the football, even to the, the, the safety valves a couple times where there seems to be one or two guys short available uh, to them. But is that is that a myth or is that truth? that a quarterback sometimes feels that pressure even when it's not even there uh, when you're getting sacked at the rate he was yesterday? Yeah, I think even the great ones will feel it, you know, but the great ones will overcome it. And then the athletic ones, which you're hoping that Carson is more of is more of an athletic quarterback. You know, Josh Allen gets pressured a lot, and he just runs through it and gets first downs with his legs sometimes. You like to see more of that from Carson, the ability to, when there is pressure, to step up, mm-hmm. uh, scramble for yards, uh, get outside the pocket, um, do something, you know, don't stand there like a sitting duck and uh, take seven or eight, nine sacks. You know, that's, that's just a little frustrating. He's too good of an athlete, in right. my opinion, to take nine sacks, whether you block anybody or not. Uh, so, you know, I think that's something that he has to be a little bit more focused on to try to put two hands on the ball and push up in the pocket and get some yards with his legs. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, it's difficult. I, I mean, to your point, Jay, you're absolutely right. I agree with you. Um, on sack number five yesterday, I just watched it again. Uh, I like to torture myself with these things. Um, sack number five, he did climb the pocket. He did try and scram. The problem was is he didn't see the guy from behind him, you know, but be, be, because the pass rush got home because the play took so long to develop. So that's one problem. He fumbles a lot. He tends to fumble a lot. Wentz, even before he came here. And then, you know, one of the sacks, I don't know, I think it was sack seven, he like, Guy got around Cosme, but it, to Pete's point, it took like five or six seconds, and he he still didn't sense that the pass rush was coming. So it's kind of like little things on every play, which I guess is you know the way it happens. But this is now a major problem, and I'll I'll put your feet to the fire. Ron was asked, "Hey, Ron, are you considering any quarterback change?" It, it's it's too early in my opinion, but I'd love to hear your opinion as a head coach, as an offensive coordinator, as a quarterback guru. Uh, would you even be considering any sort of change with Carson Wentz right now, or too early? I think it's too early right now. I mean, they know what they have in Taylor. You know, Taylor did some good things last year, but they know that he has uh, some weaknesses in his game. You know, obviously his arm talent is not what they're looking for to push the ball down the field to like guys like Terry or Jahari Dotson, you know, so they need more of the bigger arm talented guy to get those big plays, which aren't happening right now, but they got to count on the fact that they will come. They will get better at protection. Uh, Carson will get better with the offense. It's his first year with Scott Turner. Uh, and you're hoping that they will develop and, and have some kind of chemistry moving forward. Uh, making a quarterback change now doesn't make any sense in my opinion, uh, but uh, obviously, they know what Taylor is. Then later on, if this trend continues with the sacks and the turnovers, then yeah, get a more athletic guy in there and see what can happen. Jay, right now, when you come out, I mean, this team, two games in a row now, has come out very slowly offensively. And you certainly script all week. You, you have an idea of what you want to do early uh, in the football game. But you know, what, what leads to that, especially when you see it, and is it alarming to a coach when, you're, when your team doesn't go out and execute uh, very well early uh, in the contest uh, on a Sunday afternoon? Well, I think when you're looking at what happened against Detroit, you know, I think Philadelphia is probably salivating. You know, they knew they could get pressure with their four-man rush. They knew they had a better front than even Detroit and wreaked all kinds of havoc on Washington. Uh, so the defense coordinator is like, hey, let's just rush these four guys and, and be more physical than I'm up front. So now the challenge is, uh, can the offensive lineman become more physical and, and dig down deep and play better? You know, I know Andrew Norwell from Jacksonville. I had him there. I know he's a big physical guy. 
uh, they got to get the other guys going. They got to get the center issue uh, uh, fixed. Obviously, the tackle's got to play better, more physical. Um, that's the challenge that they have. That's the only challenge. That's the only remedy that they have is to challenge those front five guys and make sure they play better, more physical. Jay Gruden with us, of course, former Washington Redskins head coach and Jacksonville Jaguar, Cincinnati Bengal offensive coordinator, now an executive consultant for Sean McVay and the Super Bowl champion, L.A. Rams. All right, one more uh, on the uh, on the whole commander's you know mess. At one and two, right, you're heading to Dallas. Yes, road game. Yes, division game. Second straight game that you're going to get a team coming off a Monday nighter. Cooper Rush, uh, although Cooper Rush is two and zero as a starter in the last two years, maybe three and zero after tonight. Like, how, w- what is your message to these guys as, as a as a coach? Is it just well, guys, we've got to play better in the first half and we'll be fine, or is it turn over a table and kick some uh, you know thing in the locker room and 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 fire somebody up so they run through a wall like how do you deal with that when you're one and two it's a long season but clearly Jay the temperature doesn't feel right here yeah I mean the leaders got to step up you know there's only so much a coach can do as far as talking and yelling and, and showing film and, and being that type of guy eventually the leaders of the football team got to step up and make sure that uh, things get righted on the practice field. It starts with uh, meeting rooms, taking accountability, and then going out and practice, practicing your tail off, and then making sure you're doing whatever you can to prepare for the next game. If you can't block Philadelphia's front, uh, you're going to have a hard time with Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons. That's, that's for darn sure. So, so this issue live, it's not going to get any easier. Uh, you know, just because Philly's leaving town, they have one of the best defenses. Well, here comes Dallas, and they have one of the best pass rushers in the league. Uh, two of them actually on the same team. So uh, the challenge is there, and they got to know it, they got to understand it, and they got to relish it, and they got to uh, accept it and, and step up. Jay, let's talk about that game tonight. Brian Dable's done a solid job here at the beginning of this season. Uh, where Everywhere Brian's been, even both the college and the pro level, uh, seems to really have a sound approach uh, to what he's doing, whether he's coaching quarterbacks, coordinating offense. Uh, whatever it is, and certainly I don't think any of us saw the Giants uh, getting off to this type of start, but uh, thoughts on Brian Dable uh, as a coach and clearly a guy that seems to, you know, have a pretty good approach to what he's doing. Yeah, they've got a couple good wins. You know, anytime you win your first two games, you're doing something right, especially as a first-year coach. You know, obviously you're a first-year coach for a reason because the team that you inherited probably wasn't very good unless the coach retired or something like that. So uh, he's doing a good job of Daniel Jones. Obviously, it's well documented what he did with Josh Allen. uh, And Daniel Jones is doing a good job. And they're mixing it up with the running game. And obviously, the addition of Saquon Barkley being 100% healthy uh, makes that team very, very dangerous because of his ability to run the ball and then the play actions off of it. Uh, They got a couple of receivers to get down the field. But uh, they're probably still a little weak in the receiver room. But uh, the ability with Saquon Barkley helps them a lot keeps them balanced, keeps their defense fresh, and uh, makes them a threat to win every game. No doubt about it. Um, all right, Jay, uh, again, mention, you know, obviously you do some work for the Rams, uh, as we've detailed. Uh, they won la- yesterday 20-12. to Surprise, Cooper Cup with another touchdown, but this was his first rushing touchdown. But I got a question for you, and I don't know if you saw the sequence. The Rams were up 13-6 early in the third quarter. Cliff Kingsbury on a fourth and one from his own 20, Jay from his own 20, goes for it, and he does convert. He, he, he does get the first down, and they get a field goal out of it uh, later in the drive. Fourth and one from your own 20 down seven. Your offense not cooking against a divisional opponent. Right move, wrong move. What do you think? Well, that's analytic, guys. You know, that's, that's the question you got to ask them. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> you know, I'm asking. I, I, wait, wait, wait a second, Jay. I'm asking you. Jay, I'm asking you. Sometimes you need to try to jumpstart your team. Yeah. You know, they were they weren't doing a whole lot offensively. They needed to get the defense uh, some rest. They couldn't go another three and out and punt uh, and, and give the Rams back the ball. Um, so I think it was something that uh, it was a calculated risk and one that paid off because it did uh, get them a drive and get them some points. So sometimes as a coach, those were situations that was a gut feel. I'm sure by Cliff, I think he just felt like, hey. Uh, we got to get our offense going. We got to challenge these suckers and and make them get a yard. And they they ended up getting it. I I, I totally get the upside, right? I, I guess my argument is, and and maybe it's me because I'm a conservative old man. Is the downside is again you're you're only down seven if you if you roll the dice there and you don't make it, which decent chance you don't, right? Teams fail on fourth and inches, fourth and one all the time. 
basically you're turning the ball over to the Rams an explosive offense, you know, at the 20 yard line and basically giving them a free three, if not a seven. And we've seen this hell. We saw it with the chargers head coach. Um, what's his name? Um, uh, Brandon, Brandon Staley, Staley in, in, in the in the play-in game against the Raiders uh, l- last year in Week 17, and that and that uh, failed, Jay. And <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, the downside to me seems much more than the risk, but I, I get the analytics are going to say one thing and common sense is going to tell you another. Yeah, and then, like I said, the feel for the game. You know, it was really not a lot going right for Arizona at that time, and uh, they needed a jump start, and that's – one way to do it. And then if you don't get it, you got to challenge your defense. Hey, it's a sudden change. You guys got to hold them to three points and then we'll, we'll, we'll react and we'll come back. So, you know, it's, it's, it's about challenge your players sometimes in those situations. It's a gut feel. Sometimes the risk is, uh, is greater than the reward, but uh, the reward can really pay dividends if you succeed. Jay, no doubt Eastern Washington played a wide open system, uh, very offensive friendly, but why is Cooper cup so good now, even on this level uh, playing against the elite of the game? Well, he's got sudden quickness. Every route looks the same. Sean does a great job of hiding them, uh, getting them free releases, whether it's in the stack formations and bunch situations, motioning them, uh, jet sweeping them, putting them in the backfield. Uh, it's a perfect marriage, Cooper and Sean McVay, the way they utilize uh, uh, Cooper. You know, they gave him a jet sweep. They copied the same play that the, the Lions scored or the 50-yard jet sweep that the Lions got against the Redskins. Or, I'm sorry, oops, uh, the Commanders. <laughs> Don't, uh, hey, they've changed names so many times, Jay. Believe me, we're all confused. Yeah. It's okay. But, yeah, that's just they utilize them perfectly, and Cooper does a great job of reading manners zone, working off leverages and a great quickness in and out of his cuts, and he's got strong hands and he's fearless. Um, all right, so so let me uh, – I don't know how much of this game you saw. Baltimore, uh, New England, obviously an impressive win for Lamar and the Ravens. I, Jay, I got to admit, I didn't uh, – I was kind of hard on Lamar this offseason. I did not view him in as an ascending pocket passer. Clearly, I'm wrong through three games. He's been awesome. What have you been able to see any of Lamar this year? And uh, and and if so, what do you think stands out to you as the biggest reason why he is, at least right now, definitely an ascending passing passing quarterback? Well, yeah, he's getting better and better. You know, comes out of Louisville, which is my hometown, my city, my college. I love Lamar. I think. Uh, what he can do with the ball in his hands, whether it's running the ball, whether it's the play actions, whether it's zone reads, whether it's quarterback design runs, uh, if he can get better and better at drop back passing, like he's proven to be, he's 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 an elite quarterback. That's just the way it is. I mean, it's not conventional. He's not a pure pocket passer, but this day and age, you don't have to be. You can hurt defenses a lot of ways, and he can hurt you a lot of different ways. Whether it's direct snaps or the zone reads, like I mentioned, if he can get better and continue to get better with his drop back passing, he's going to miss a few. There's no doubt about it. But he makes up for it with his ability to make the off schedule plays and the throws on the run. Jay, I'm impressed with Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins from this standpoint. Yesterday, Buffalo ran 51 more plays, <laughs> 51 more plays, and yet the Dolphins won in the fashion that they did. It's easier to win when everything is going well and your offense is cooking and your defense is playing great, but that type of win yesterday, to me, is the toughest type of win to get. And for Mike and the start that they're off to, um, they're, that group, I think, is is headed for a big season there in Miami as long as the right people don't get hurt. Yeah, you know, Tua went down for a little bit, uh, but he came back in. And uh, you're right. Every time I looked up, Buffalo had the ball. I was like, does Miami does Miami have the ball yet this game? <laughs> it was it was eighty yard drives, eighty yard drives. But it was a classic bend but don't break defense by mm-hmm. Miami. They did a great job when they had to get the stops. They got the stops, and and Miami did just enough on offense uh, to get the win. So I I think it's a very exciting team that they have. They're proving that they can stand up defensively, and if they can do that with those two guys running routes and the tight end and the backs, uh, and obviously Tua playing better, uh, they are definitely a force to be reckoned with uh, throughout the year. Jay Gruden with us uh, for another couple minutes in his normal Monday morning touchdown at 10 spot. Uh, Russell and Ned Hurst here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. How about uh, one of your former teams? I mean, while one of them sunk, the other one was really good. Jacksonville rolling over uh, Staley and the Chargers in L.A. Not that that's an intimidating atmosphere by any means, but my gosh, all of a sudden, Jacksonville, we knew they added talent. Sheriff and Kirk, we saw them be a little plucky here 
here week one, and then they go and just roll right over the Chargers. That's an improved de- – I know they're short on defense. I know J.C. Jackson's not playing. I know they got a bunch of injuries, but my goodness, Jay, 38-10 for the Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, the improvement Trevor's made so far has been probably uh, the best that I've seen uh, in the NFL quarterback position. I mean, he was making throws. He was uh, delivering a ball. He was pushing up in the pocket. He did some really good things. His accuracy is getting better and better. He's more comfortable. Obviously, uh, Doug Peterson does a great job with quarterbacks, but adding talent like Christian Kirk and Zay Jones has helped a lot. They already got Marvin Jones. He's doing better. Uh, ATM, whatever his name is, he's doing better. He got two good tackles. They got they got it, Brandon Sheriff, and they got a hell of a running back. You it's, know, uh, it's, Travi- is, is, it's Travis ATM. Uh, I know. I, yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I'm I'm only I'm only teasing. I'm a big fan of James Robinson. He was there when I was there. He's yeah. a tough kid. He's a hard nosed kid. Great vision. Uh, they got good balance, and they're 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 playing well. Jay, what do you do when you have a player that commits a, an egregious 15 yard penalty that uh, probably snatches victory uh, away from you? And the Chiefs end up taking the L to Kansas City. That free 15 yards that uh, Chris Jones gave the Colts turned out to uh, uh, help the Colts eventually win the football game. Yeah, that's unfortunate. That's just one you put on your highlight reel and hope it never happens again. Chris has uh, been known to make a play like that or two throughout the course of a year. Uh, you hope this is his last one. He's a great player, and uh, he's done a lot of great things for that organization. Uh, but that was uh, not one of his best moments. But moving forward, you know, at Indianapolis backs against the wall. You see a lot of 0-2 teams yesterday play their tails off, and that's what Indianapolis did. Um, but you can't give a team like that any chance of uh, – thinking they can win by giving them free plays, uh, especially on the road like that. Jay, appreciate the time. As always, sir, we look forward to talking to you again next week. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, you, Jay. Jay Gruden joining us here in his Monday morning 10 a.m. spot during touchdown at 10 as we talk about the commander's game and break down the league with a former Washington head coach and, of course, two-time offensive coordinator in the National Football League and currently a consultant with the world champion Rams. Jay Gruden joins us every Monday at 10. We get back into more of your calls and more of the storylines, some that didn't even have to do with Washington and Philadelphia on the field yesterday. It was an interesting Sunday, early Sunday morning, as a matter of fact. We'll talk about that and more. Touchdown at 10 continues right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty. That's how you get back in with us here as we break down Washington and Philadelphia and the Dallas Cowboys in that potent pass rushing duo of Lawrence and Parsons coming up next week for Washington. A couple of good points on Twitter. I was thinking about the same thing yesterday afternoon after I had to broadcast volleyball on ESPN Plus yesterday. Shout out to Navy knocking off American for just the fourth time in thirty one. Matches and also a shout out to American volleyball coach Barry Goldberg, who continues to 
coach, over 800 career wins and is battling stage four cancer at that. Our thoughts and prayers with Coach Goldberg over at AU as well. But the, the great thing about being able to go back and watch, thing, watch these games, slow them down, and, and, and watch as you're going along is I, I said to myself, and somebody just brought this point up on Twitter a, a, a little while ago as I was just scrolling through here during the commercial break, Chris. Washington last year, in all of the analytical da- data, the eye test, you name it, they had one of the better performing offensive lines in the National Football League. They made little to no effort to bring back two key pieces of that offensive line. And right now, certainly from a chemistry and injury standpoint now as well, because that's the bigger thing. I mean, injuries just starting to ravage, uh, you know, you which force your depth uh, to be shuffled around. But by making no effort, and you knew Sheriff was out the door. I'm not even, I don't even count Sheriff right. in this. But it's much easier to replace one dude than it is two. Right. And they apparently wanted no part of bringing Eric Flowers back, who I thought Eric Flowers played uh, very well at the left guard position last year. Agreed. And did they over overestimate when you bring Wentz in, as somebody brought up, it takes up $28 million on your cap, and you had, you had more areas of need, and by utilizing so much of that money on that position, it hurt you in areas that you also needed to take care of in terms of quality because right now they seemingly need more than just a Band-Aid at right guard. Well, a couple of things, though. They would, they would counter you and say, yes, you're right about Sheriff, but bringing in Norwell and – five-time Pro Bowler Trey Turner is a more than adequate, satisfactory answer uh, in terms of a response, right? It's not like they they lost Sheriff and cut flowers and didn't replace them at all. The problem is, to your point, Trey Turner either is long beyond that, and I think the Chargers and the Steelers probably found that out over the last two years, or he's, he's not, not healthy. or he's not physically right. healthy. But the problem is is he's expected now to play starter minutes and starter snaps because the guy that was going to rotate with him got hurt in week one, had to miss all of week two, then had to switch to center, which he's only played like, I don't know, three or four games in his career at center. That's the big problem is, like, Turner is clearly not right. Got it. Sam Cosme clearly is not good in pass protection. Got it. Charles Leno had a terrible game as well. Terrible might be strong. Not a good game uh, as well. Got it. Andrew Norwell got beat, I think, for the second sack. Got it. Hasn't been great. The bigger problem is you have, again, Schweitzer, who can play center, but not a natural center with the low snaps, with the lollipop snaps at times. Uh, it, it it maybe throws off the timing, the rhythm, maybe Wentz's eyes go in a different spot, what have you, and the floodgates open probably on either side of Schweitzer, which does affect Turner and Norwell as well, right, if you shoot that gap. <coughs> Excuse me. So it's an overall operation problem right now. And all of a sudden you hear nothing about how great of a coach John Matzkow is. Remember two weeks ago, everybody was like, oh, John Matzkow can make magic out of it. This is why I always say, be careful about what you blame coaches for. Be careful about what you give coaches credit for. John Matzkow is a terrific offensive line coach. Nobody's going to take this away. But John, no offensive line coach, just like Bill Callahan couldn't do it when he was here under Jay. No offensive line coach can fix every problem, can just automatically snap his fingers and say, guys, Presto, right? Now, maybe they can play better than they did yesterday, but I, like during the break, I, I was just like rummaging through Twitter. Ross Tucker, we had Ross on the show uh, when we were at the Army-Navy game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, longtime NFL analyst, offensive lineman, played here. Quote, I'd conservatively, conservatively say at least four of these sacks of the nine are 100% on Carson Wentz. Last night, he said on Twitter, I feel bad for the Washington offensive line. Duke Manyweather, 
who is an offensive line scouting development coach, but not an NFL coach, but he works with a lot of college players, works with a lot of NFL players. Basically, he does think about like what Logan Paulson does besides for us here and the Take Command podcast and all that. Logan works privately with tight ends and some offensive linemen, I think, uh, on their game, right? Getting them better on the, like basically a personal mentor, coach, whatever. So that's what this Duke Manyweather guy is. He's widely recognized, right? His Twitter handle is Big Duke Fifty. In case you want to follow him, he retagged that tweet and said, "More like five. Wow, I feel sorry for the Was, meaning Washington offensive line." So yesterday. When I was there live, Pete, and I said this to JP and John Kime in the parking lot after the game, I said, or well after the game, I said, for me, in my opinion, four or five of those, like like I had the offensive line at least responsible for four, maybe five. And, you know, again, like that was just watching the game live, some assorted replays, but not really being able, because what happens is when you watch the replay, you wind up missing the live action. So you're trying to balance both. So if it's five, if it's four, if it's more, whatever, the bottom line is, like, things are not getting easier. Jay just mentioned it, Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, and more. Tennessee, now, they don't have Harold Landry, but they do have Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, Like, it's not just going to be like, oh, okay, well, we got ambushed in these two games, and everything's going to be great now. So how do you fix this? How do you go about fixing this if you're Ron Rivera and Scott Turner? Because I don't know. I mean, they've shown no no impetus to really go super quick game. They're not targeting Terry early in games. They're get at times they're getting no chance to throw and to and to open up and operate their entire offense. And at times, I think it's their own stubbornness. How do you fix this, knowing what? Oh, by the way, is coming and and you to your credit, you you've been very high on Dan Quinn as a defensive coordinator uh, with the Cowboys, and it doesn't end there. How do you fix this? Let's go to line three. Foster's in DC. What's up, Foster? Hey, now. What's up, Foster? Foster, Foster? what's going on, guys? Hey. Uh, we're having fun. Yep, we yes, got you. Go. We got you. Go, ahead. go. All right, I apologize. Hey guys, man, I'm a season uh, ticket, long time listener. Both you guys, big Thank fan. You. Appreciate. I was you. there at the game yesterday. I could not believe how many Eagles fans was there. You know, I was last year. I had season tickets, um, and I was appalled at what I saw. You know, they wanted to charge this year. I was like debating whether I should renew. And they, were, you know, I called a rep. They said, "Well, you know, you didn't come to a certain amount of games last year, so you need to pay a thousand dollar balance." Wait a minute, you put out trash. Why am I paying a thousand dollar balance when I didn't pay all my fees? In order for me to upgrade my tickets, they told me they only had three seats available left. Okay, fine. They charged me three. I pay. I got three seats: one for myself, an extra seat, three ninety eight per seat. Okay. Yesterday I dropped five hundred dollars just just to be happy again to see that you know they said they were going to change the culture they sold me on that all the tickets were gone I can't tell because there were more green than there was burgundy and gold whether it's however you want to call the team you know they there's certain teams that can stop ticket sales from having but I understand if you're going to tell your you have season ticket holders and members I'm a gold club member quote-unquote, but I don't see anything other than pocket sales. Hey, shout-out to my, my sales rep, Alex. Great job. That's the only plus about this. The only plus about this is my sales rep. Other than that, that that, deep, that defensive coordinator got to go. Ron Rivera needs to go. He's too loyal. You know, everybody hit on everything. So the only thing I'm going to be doing is repeating myself. I'm going to have a wonderful day. I'm driving to Hagerstown to go make some money. Attaboy. Make the money I wasted yesterday. Attaboy. Yeah, All right. Thank it. you, Foster. You guys have a great day. Appreciate Love it, you, man. Thank you. Love you, too. Um, Pete, how sad is this? It's 1038 on a Monday morning of week three into week four, and <laughs> a season ticket holder, a loyal fan, is shouting out his season ticket rep. <laughs> right? The, that's, that's where we're at. Positive. That's where we're at. Yes, what, Squidward? We stink!
That's where we're at too. I love a little SpongeBob. Let's go. Let's go to line <laughs> well four. Paulie's well Paulie's got a hell of an accusation here. Go ahead, Paulie. Fat guy in a little coat. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we. That's what the the line looked like. A bunch of fat guys in little coats. <laughs> hey man, I've been telling y'all all summer long, man. Scott Turner's Saturday afternoon offense don't work. I, I, I don't want to hear about from offensive line coaches saying I feel sorry for the offensive linemen. Them guys is fat and they can't move. We had dancing bears out there last year. You know, if, if you if you're an offensive lineman or you ever play football, you know what I mean by dancing bears. We had dancing bears out there last year, man. No, no. Now we got Ron Austin out there, man. He can't move. And and Scott Turner, we want to pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball. He's soft. He doesn't have a feel for the game. He's standing right there on the sidelines. How about you pull Carson Wentz to you and say, you need to get rid of the ball a little quicker. Because, you're right, it ain't just alignment. It was alignment. It was Carson Wentz. And it was Scott Turner. Man, we got ambushed yesterday and did nothing about it. If, if you want to feel sorry for, for somebody, feel sorry for the defense. You know, feel sorry for eight of the players on the defense because they clearly was gassed in, in the second quarter, man. But, you know, we get the same thing. for Hey, somebody go tap William Fuller from behind. Pause. See if he turn around. <laughs> that dude never turns around. Ever. Now, uh, Bobby McCain, make make a play. It, it's okay to make a play, Bobby McCain. Nobody's gonna hurt, nobody's gonna talk bad about you for making a play. This dude got to be the worst safety ever, man. Uh, next to Atkey, Bobby, why why would we replace Bobby McAtkey with Bobby McCain? They ain't the same guy. One's just black, one's just white. They the same guy. I don't understand it, man. Cole Holcomb, Cole Holcomb, Cole Holcomb. If you tired, get off the field. That that play in the, in the last drive of the second half on that pass to A.J. Brown where he just literally stopped running. A.J. Brown caught the ball. Holcomb turned around and just looked at him. He stopped running. Hey, what they say in that movie? Bad attitude reflects bad leadership. Hell to the W, man. Thanks, Paulie. Paulie, appreciate you, Hoss. Um, I, I mean, Paulie's like, – Paulie's... To be fair to Paulie, right? He and I often butt heads and disagree. He has, and and, and uh, I think AJ Thompson is another one. Man, they have consistently rained down hate. Hate might be strong criticism on Scott Turner, and I, I, I know you and I, and I'll speak for myself. I've always defended Scott by saying, no, 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 I actually think Scott is a pretty creative mind first, yesterday's and, and first, just needs hey, yesterday's, talent. Yesterday's first time that I would go at Scott. If I was a coach You wouldn't on say that, first half last uh, yeah, week? I mean, on that, on the, on the, yeah. Meaning yesterday was worse in your mind. Yesterday was worse because it was easy to see what was happening, and the easy counter is to just slow the pass mm-hmm. rush down by running the ball even more than you wanted to coming it, in. Is, tomorrow, is yesterday easier to blame Scott for because, again, they did have success running when they tried to run it versus last week when they didn't have success? Yes. That, yes. And, and that's why I said yesterday is the first time mm-hmm. that, like Paulie, I would go at mm-hmm. Scott Turner. If I was a coach on that staff, I'd have been in the headset saying, Scott – we probably need to run a little bit. We're just not we're not holding up in pass protection right now. We got nothing for them in pass protection. You know, there's there's glory in winning 13 to 10. There's no glory in losing 24 to 8. Okay? Buff or Denver rather is going to get a win last night winning 11 to 10. You know, if that's a win that helps them stay in contention Later on down the line in the AFC West, no one's going to remember that they won that game 11-10. to 10. Mm-hmm. They're not going to remember it was one of the worst pro football games maybe of all time. I think Denver punted like 10 consecutive possessions or whatever. I mean, that is an atrocious so, offensive performance on both so sides. So I'm just saying, though, but there's glory in winning 11-10. to 10. There is no glory at all in losing 24-8. to 8. I mean, if you'd have told me going in that the defense was going to hold Philadelphia to 24 points, I would have said, hey, this is going to be a football game. This is going to be a competitive football game. Yesterday, unfortunately, 
that just the 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 Eagles defense dictated all afternoon long to the Washington offense. So that was a major problem there. Not a major problem is Rufio telling us what's trending. Well, here's what's trending. The commanders are one and two, and it feels a lot worse. If you missed our great conversation with Jay Gruden, former Redskins head coach earlier this hour, go check it out on the Odyssey Rewind feature on the Team 980. We covered the commanders' dismal performance yesterday against the Eagles, who are now 3-0 and and safely tucked into first place in the NFC East. Uh, we also took a spin around the NFL, looked at the Monday night game coming up uh, tonight, which is the Cowboys and the New York Giants. The Cowboys at 1-1. One and one. Cooper Rush will be their quarterback, and they're going to get Jason Peters in the lineup. He'll be active tonight, according to a report from Jordan Schultz. Uh, and as well, the Giants again at 2-0 and at MetLife Stadium. And the Cowboys are, of course, the commander's next opponent this Sunday at AT&T Stadium in Dallas. Meanwhile, the uh, Nationals with a win yesterday over the Miami Marlins. Speaking of the Marlins, Don Mattingly, according to reports, going to part ways with the Fish organization at the end of this year. And that's what's trending. That Philadelphia defensive line, they were a brick house yesterday. They took it to Washington. Back to the phones, 301-230-0980. Dial it up. Come be a part of the program. Marcus is listening on the Odyssey app in Pittsburgh. What's up, Marcus? What's up, guys? Uh, I don't know what's going on. Uh, three straight weeks. Is it because we got Carson Wentz that we think we can just throw the ball 40, 50 times a ball game? Uh, whatever happened to... Mark Schlerp was even talking about it. If I saw another seven-step drop, I was going to throw up. So you have a, you're taking seven-step drops. You're a quarterback that holds the ball all day. Uh, Russell just said at least four sacks was the fault of, of, of our quarterback, probably more than that. Um, you're not running the football. The few times we ran the football, we had success. When it's 0-0, zero, zero, why aren't we – running the football, you know, 30, 40 times a ball game, setting up the play action. Those pass rushers, they, they want us to not run the football. They want to pin their ears back and just attack the quarterback. What they don't want is us running at them. Pass rushers don't like that. This game plan was disgraceful. And we're very lucky we're not 0-3 because if we play Jacksonville today, Jacksonville would kick our you-know-what. Well, they very, very Jacksonville should have won that game. Won the football. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Jacksonville yeah. should have won that game, yeah. to your point. Uh, listen, Mark, I, I, there's nobody more the champions running the ball more for all the reasons that you mentioned. Now, some people will tell you run has no, act, no effect on play action, no effect on slowing down pass rush, uh, no effect on you got to marry concepts. Uh, look, I'm not smart enough to know all that. I'll leave that uh, for Logan Paulson and, and Craig Hoffman. But I will say this. Again, as Pete and I have chronicled, mm-hmm. okay, when you're having the success on first down that you're having all throughout the first half last yesterday, it's absolutely just just revolting to your stomach that they come out down 17 nothing, reeling on defense late in the first half, three minutes to go, and you go pass, right. pass, pass, two incompletes and a short yep. completion, and right go and the defense has to go right back yep. on the field, and oh, geez, what happens? They give up an 11-play, 88-yard drive in less than two minutes, and a touchdown as halftime. Exactly. Ex- you know, like, there's so many things that are connected, right? It's like the hip bone's connected to the the whatever bone, and, and, and all this. Well, that's what it is with the commanders. If, if your offense doesn't help out your defense, you can't expect your defense to always bail out your offense, and vice versa. Right, because exactly, you know, Marcus. Appreciate the call. Let's go down here to Noel, who's listening on the Odyssey app in Chicago. What's up, Noel? Hey, good morning, guys. What's I hope up, you're Noel? having a good Monday because we're not all of, us, all of us are miserable, obviously. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it, uh, it is a misery Monday, and, and 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 that is yeah. uh, that is the the nicest way to put it. 
Honestly, it is. Um, so, I mean, like, obviously it's just been atrocious, everything. Ron is the main person that's at fault here. But I want to just throw something out there, and I'm going to say it, and I'm, I wholeheartedly believe this, that if we get blown out again the way that we did um, in, the, in the first half for a third week in a row, then if we lose to Tennessee, I think we should bench Carson put in Heineke and get ready to potentially see what Sam Howell can do at this point. Because like we're, if we're in like in a one in three, one in three hole as of next week. And then if we lose to Tennessee, like we're going absolutely nowhere. And I think it's just a matter of the guys just trying to figure out a way to save their jobs. And really like the personnel on the offensive line anyways, like we've all seen enough. Carson can't handle the fact that he can't do seven step drops and he can't handle you know, being able to get the ball out quick. I mean, Scott can come up with something maybe to get the ball to Terry to all the playmakers that could help him, but I just don't think that there's any hope for him right now with just how bad the offensive line looks. So let's just get get Sam Howell ready at this point, in my opinion. So Noel, appreciate the call. Um, the problem is you're going to – first of all, Ron brought this player in. Ron's not cutting a cord on Carson Wentz until it's a, just an abject disaster right. or he gets hurt. Right. That's not happening. I don't think one and four is abject disaster to you. Like, if they lose this week at, at Dallas mm-hmm. and then, to Noel's point, next week against Tennessee, which I, I, nobody should be intimidated by Tennessee by any means. But if, they, if they're one and four heading into, like, Chicago, they're, I don't, A, I don't think they're making a quarterback switch on a short week. B, I think that's still too early. Now, after Chicago, one in five, if you lose and nothing really has sustainably improved, I might be more open to that. I still think that's too early. If they are one in five, Mm -hmm. then Chris Harris or John Motzko or Scott Turner needs to be the interim head coach of this team, and they need to start cleansing if they're one in five. Wow. It's obvious at that point it ain't going anywhere. Wow. All right. I like that. Can't be one in five. Can't. I, can't. I, I agree. Can't be one in five. I agree. If they're do one you, in five. Do you think at one in five, though, that that is going to be the reality that Ron would get blown out? I mean, I mean now we're going from no, would you make the, a quarterback no. switch? Would you, would you fire Jack Del Rio to the head of the Yesterday operation? Yesterday was not Jack's fault. I agree. I agree. But now, but you, what you're talking about there is the head of the operation, the linchpin. It's not working. I, Two seven win seasons. You. You're sitting at one and five. I'm with you. But the owner's hiding, so you're probably not going to get that. You're probably not going to get that. I would say very unlikely. But a quarterback switch could happen. I, I would still say unlikely because again, Ron brought him in. So I'm saying, Ron, hey, Ron's you know, not going to yeah. per, personnel people, Chris, do not want to admit fault. They're going to give that player every chance on planet right. Earth to make them look good. Like this was what we expected right. when we all oh, see now he's finally hit his stride and, and we're going to he's going to like say he goes out and in the second half of the season wins six of eight games or something like that. And mm-hmm. That's what we were looking for when we brought that guy in, mm-hmm. because this almost the, the first couple of weeks almost reminded me of the Theismann-Gibbs uh, marriage. When they first started, thro- you go back and look at the Joe's numbers yep. in those first five games. Dude, they were tossing that pill all over the nation's capital. They were throwing it. Joe had big numbers, and they were 0-5. Now, it eventually worked. They they eventually found you know that common ground between the two of them. Ironically, it was sticking the ball in the belly of number 44. Now, I'm not saying... You know, number eight's going to come back to the lineup at some point around that time and change the fortunes of this team in time for this team to win nine or ten games at that point. But really, your only saving grace right now is when you add eight and 99 coming up here in a few weeks, that they contribute so much that it changes your dynamic so much that you start winning football games again. Now, I do believe eight and 99 can do that for you if they maximize that, but they've got to get every ounce of everything that's available that they have. You don't know if Brian's going to be able to do that when he first comes back uh, because he's got to play his way back into football shape here. We know 99's got 
ability in there. But it's going to take him time, too, coming off of that knee injury. He's not going to hit the ground running looking like Deacon Jones getting six sacks a game. Correct. It's not going to happen. It's going to be at least midway through the season before you get real bona fide, but if you're legitimate dividends. If you're one in five, think about the work you have to do after that to even remotely get back into the discussion in your division because you're not catching the Eagles at that point. Yeah. And then staying in it in the conference. So if you're one in five, that would include losses to Detroit, Philadelphia, Dallas, and Chicago, right. which means your NFC tiebreaker record is going to suck too, even if you get it together as the season goes along. Yeah, they were one in five to start 2020 and did rebound enough to get to at least seven and nine and win the division. They were two and dude, you're not two and uh, what two and six at the break. Uh, last year, two and four, two and five. However, you want to carve it up. We're not here to win seven games. Terrible. I know. Terrible starts to the season. Not for here Ron to win and, seven games for Ron and his team. If you're content to win seven games, yeah. That like college football. Hey, uh, we won seven games. All right, we're going to the Sun Bowl. All I'm right. with you. Everybody get a ticket to El Paso and freeze to death in, in December. All right. Yeah, it's great. This is pro football. We play for one reason and one reason only: the Vincent Lombardi Trophy. And if you're not preparing your team. And building your roster to win the Vince Lombardi Trophy, we'll gladly go find somebody else that's ready to do it. 301-230-0980. Final hour of the show is coming up next right here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.